Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. Why is it important that you share Jesus with others? What compels some to share so freely? Robert Quintana explains that it comes out of an abundant love for Jesus that causes you to surrender when you're called to share your faith. You know, this morning I was driving into church and I usually take alternate 40 from Boonesboro in. Uh, Usually there isn't any traffic and I was driving in. I made a left on Butterfly and there's this, there's this a few hundred yards as you're going on Butterfly that you can see across the field between the First Missionary Baptist Church and the woods and you can, there's, there's a window, there's a glimpse that you can see of the church kind of off in the horizon like that. And uh, every morning I get to see the church off in the distance like that. And this morning as I was driving in, I looked across the field and I saw the church sitting there. There were three beams of light just right on the building. I just thought that was so beautiful. And I thought to myself, God is surely shining down on us. And I believe that God will continue to shine down on us. I believe that God will continue to bless us, that he will continue to shine his face on us if we continue to press on, if we continue to move forward, if we continue to seek for a purpose that's a lot bigger than any of us here today. If we continue to to move forward and, and strive to do his will, to try and discover the truths of Scripture in a way that is relevant to our community, if we we continue to press on to, to share the Great Commission, the gospel story of Jesus Christ to this community, I feel, I believe that he will continue to shine down on us. You know, last week I shared with you a passage in Scripture found in Luke, and I'd like to read it to you once again. It's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. It says, Then he said to them, Jesus said to the disciples, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest truly is great, but unfortunately, Jesus says the laborers are few. You know that they say, um, statistically, they say that an average church will have 20% of their members doing 80% of the work. I don't want that to be the case here in Frederick. I want us to start a new trend. I want us to be the kind of church that other churches look to and say, how are they doing that? How can we do that? See, I don't want this church to be known as 20% of the membership doing 80% of the work. I want to flip that statistic. And I would love to see 80% doing the work. Now you might say, you know, well, how about 100%? Well, if we can get to 80%, I think that we're on our way to 100%. But, but let's make that a goal, huh? 80% of the membership doing the work. Wouldn't that be awesome? To be able to set a new trend I'm telling you, we have some awesome opportunities just on the horizon 
that I want everyone here to somehow, some way, get involved with those opportunities. We've talked about the radio ministry. That's moving on, and, and we're excited about that. We have this, uh, this, uh, this series coming up where we're going to be sharing with the community messages of hope, messages of truth. We want you to get involved in that. In just a few months, the board's going to put together the nominating committee. And when we hear nominating committee, a lot of us cringe and we go, oh, nominating committee, ouch. But this is an opportunity for us to get involved. And pretty soon you're going to be getting a phone call from the nominating committee. Would you be willing to serve? And this is what I want you to do. What I want you to do is right now, I want you to start thinking about a ministry that you can get involved in. Uh, to start thinking, what can I, how can I serve? How can I share? How, what, what can I do? I want you to start thinking about that so that when we call you, you may say, you know, I, I really don't want to serve in that, but I've been thinking about it. I've been praying about it, and, and I feel like I really want to serve in this area. And maybe you're not called to, to, to serve as a leader in this specific ministry, But that's okay. You can still get involved. You can still participate. You can call the leader and say, I want to help your ministry out. What can I do to help your ministry out? This is how much time I can dedicate. This is the days that I have available. What can I do to help this ministry flourish? I want to see this church. I want to see everyone in this church participating, sharing in some kind of a ministry. I believe that there is a blessing in that. I believe that there is joy in that. I believe that there is purpose in that. You know, last week we started this sermon series. We started this sermon series on sharing your faith. We looked at a passage in Ministry of Healing where Ellen White says in page 143, she says, Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. He ministered to their needs. He won their confidence. And then he bade them, follow me. You see, I believe that every one of our ministries can be targeted to one of those five things. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. He ministered to their needs. He won their confidence. He bade them, follow me. Every one of us here can be involved in one of those steps. And I want to encourage you to now start thinking about a way. Start thinking about a ministry. Start thinking about how you can serve, how you can share your faith. As I've been preparing for this sermon series and I've been thinking about ways that we share and thinking about why it's so difficult to share, I started to think about what are the ingredients necessary for us to share our faith. What, what, why is it so difficult? What are the missing pieces? What are the ingredients necessary for someone to say, I will share, I will serve? What are the ingredients? And so I started thinking about this, and some of the more obvious ones came to mind, like prayer. Prayer is an ingredient for sharing your faith. When we read um, the church, the, the early church there in Acts, we read how they were in prayer in supplication, and it was soon after that that the Holy Spirit was poured out, and then they went from that place to share and to spread the gospel. So we know that prayer is an ingredient to sharing your faith. We know that Scripture, studying and understanding Scripture is another ingredient for sharing your faith. 
I mean, it wasn't until Jesus rose from the dead and he spent those 40 days with the disciples explaining to them the scriptures and opening up the scriptures that once they understood what the scripture was really talking about, that they then decided to go boldly out into the world. And so we know that understanding scripture is an ingredient to sharing your faith. But see, those are obvious ones. Another obvious one is the Holy Spirit. And I, even though most of us even don't understand the Holy Spirit and what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit, and, and we'll have a, a sermon series on the Holy Spirit here again next year, but, but it's an obvious one, right? Without the Holy Spirit, we're not going to share our faith. So that is a, a, an ingredient to sharing our faith. So you have prayer, you have Bible study, understanding the Word of God, you have the Holy Spirit, all of which are ingredients for sharing your faith. But I didn't want to just share with you something obvious today. I wanted to kind of think beyond the box. I wanted outside the box. I wanted to think about something that, that we normally don't associate with sharing our faith. And I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, says this. Now then, we are ambassadors. Now did you catch those two words? Now then, what that means is that there's something that preceded it, right? There is something that came right before this verse. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But read with me verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors. We are representatives, right? As Christians, we are ambassadors to the kingdom of God. In other words, we go out and we represent the kingdom of God. But there is something that took place before this verse. There is something that happened right before this. But let's read the verse. It says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. We are ambassadors to the kingdom of God. And it says here that it is as though God is pleading To the world through us. God is is ministering through us to the world. Pleading to the world. But did you notice that there is something that took place right before this? Because it says, now then we are ambassadors. So what happened before we became ambassadors? What happened before we became representatives? What happened before we had a desire to go out and to share The good news of Jesus Christ. I'd like for you to read with me verse 14. We'll start with verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. What happened before we became ambassadors? We were compelled by what? We were compelled by the love of Christ. And when we look at the cross, and when we see what Christ has done for us, 
When we see that he died on our behalf, that he paid the penalty for our sins, we are compelled to that. And because of that, our hearts are now overwhelmed with love and joy, and we can't help but to want to share with others what Christ has done for us. I want you to read with me verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Once you give your life over to Christ, you are a new creation. You have been compelled by the love of Christ, by his grace. As you see that hung on the cross, as you see him hanging on the cross for your sins, for my sins, and that compels you. And now because of that, you are now a new creation. And because you are now a new creation, you go and say, I will be an ambassador for Christ. So here you go. One of the ingredients for sharing your faith is this, surrendering your life to him. Surrendering your life to him. Did you notice how it said here in verse 15, and he died for all that those who live should live no longer unto themselves. Because when you see the cross, and you're compelled by what happened at the cross, you now undergo a surrendering process. You now surrender your life over and you say, okay, Jesus, you love me so much that I now surrender my life over to you. And this is what I want you to pay close attention to. This is the the thought that I want you to walk away with here today, is that whenever you are faced with sharing I want you to think of surrender. Whenever you, are, whenever you are given an opportunity to share, I want you to think of the word surrender. You see, because surrendering will always precede sharing. Always. Whenever you are called to share, you're being called to surrender yourself. You're, you're being called to surrender. You're being called to surrender to what? You're being called to surrender to Christ, to the grace, to the love that was shown on Calvary on your behalf. (laughs) Surrender will always precede sharing. I want to share with you a story that I've shared here once before, but I think it is so appropriate for us here today. A couple of years ago, I was at a Christian event. There were were almost 80,000 Christian believers at this event and, and there I was, we're at open field, a sea of people. We had just finished listening to this powerful message. And at the end of the message, the preacher gave this incredible call. And the call was this, that if there's anyone out there who has ever contemplated or has attempted suicide, to please make their way to the prayer tent. And he pointed like this, stage left to, to your right. Make your way to the prayer tent. And within minutes, thousands of young people were standing up and making their way to this prayer tent. Immediately, he noticed that we do not have enough staff 
We don't have enough people to minister to all these young people who are going to the tent. And so he makes a second appeal and he says, if there is a youth pastor or a pastor, if there is someone out there who is a lay pastor, please make your way to the tent because we need your help. Make your way to the prayer tent where you can pray with these individuals. And so there I was sitting in my lawn chair eating popcorn, thinking to myself, oh, I don't want to go. This was supposed to be my time. This was supposed to be my weekend off. This was supposed to be my time of rest. I don't want to go. But the Holy Spirit just kept on pressing on my mind that you need to go and you need to share. You need to go serve. And so I turned to Heather who was sitting next to me and I said, I said, Heather, do you think I should go? And she says, well, it's up to you, however you feel. You know, if you want to go, go. I looked at her and I said, nah, I'm not going to go. So I kept on eating my popcorn. And I was just sitting there in my lawn chair thinking, I really don't want to go. But the Holy Spirit, again, impressing on my mind that you need to go. I turned to Heather a second time and I said, Heather, seriously, what do you think? Should I go? And she goes, it's up to you. If you feel like God's calling you to go, then, then go. And I said, no, 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 this is my time. I'm here to rest. I'm here for me, you know, me time. I was there quiet for just a few seconds, and the Holy Spirit once again started to impress upon my mind that I needed to go to the prayer tent. So I turned to her a third time, and I said, do you think it'd be a bad thing if I don't go? (laughs) You think it'd be a sin if I don't go? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. You need to decide if you want to go or not. And I said for a third time, I'm not going to go. Holy Spirit just kept on pressing on my mind that I needed to go. And so finally, out of frustration, I turned to Heather and I said, fine, I'll go. (laughs) Hey, puts her hands up. Hey. So I get up. And I start making my way through the sea of people all the way down to the prayer tent. The whole way there I'm thinking, why am I doing this? This is useless. This is a waste of time. Here I am. I was comfortable. I was enjoying my surroundings. I was enjoying my popcorn. The whole way I'm thinking that towards the prayer tent and I'm making my way and I'm like, why are there so many people here? And finally, I was able to find a path and I'm walking. I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be going down to the prayer tent. Pretty soon I was at the prayer tent. I was like, whoa, there were all these people praying. They were already in groups of two or three. There were some groups of five or 10 and there you saw them praying. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, what do I do? So I find this gentleman who had a tag. He looked official. So I asked him, I said, I'm a pastor. What do you need me to do? I'm here to help. And he says, well, just follow me. And so we start making our way through the prayer tent and everyone there is praying. And, and I see this guy who has this disturbed look on his face, kind of walking around aimlessly, not knowing where he's going. And so I, I got, got his attention and I said, do you need someone to pray with? And he looks at me and he says, prayer? I don't need prayer. And he continues walking. And I'm thinking to myself, what was that? And I had this thought. I said, all right, God, I did my part. Honestly, I had that thought where I said, all right, I fulfilled my responsibility. 
right? I came down here. I made myself vulnerable. I got out of my comfortable situation to come down here and to share. I extended myself and I got denied. I'm going back to my lawn chair. And so I start making my way out of the prayer trench, trying to make my way back up to where we were sitting. And there I see this young girl with two of her friends sobbing, crying. And I think to myself, I need to ask them, do you need prayer? So I go up to her and I said, are you looking for someone to pray with? And she says, yes. And so I said, my name's Robert. What's yours? And she shares me her name and We introduced ourselves to to everyone that was there. And I say to her, I say, where are you from? She says, Frederick. I said, Frederick, Maryland? She goes, yeah, Frederick, Maryland. Now remember, there are close to 80,000 people at this gathering, at this event. And I said, Frederick, Maryland? I said, I'm from Frederick, Maryland. I'm the pastor at the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. You know, that big brick church that you see off of I-70? How many times have we said that, right? You know, that big brick church that you see off of I-70? And she says, oh, I know that church. I know that church. I just live just a couple miles from there. I think to myself, wow. And so we spent a good 30 minutes in prayer. By the time we were done, you can see the weight had lifted off of her shoulders. She now had a smile on her face. And, and we, 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 entered, we, um, we exchanged um, our, our contact information. And I went back to, the, to my long chair and I said, Heather, you're not going to believe what happened to me. You're just not going to believe what happened. This is awesome. It's incredible. And she's like, what, what? I said, all right, how many people are here? We're close to 80,000. And I go through the whole story. Can you believe that the one person that I meet with is from Frederick, Maryland? Do you know what it took for me to go share my faith? It took me surrendering in that lawn chair. It took me surrendering my comfort. It took me surrendering my will. It took me surrendering myself in order to go share. You see how surrender will precede sharing. I want you to think of this. That when you are called to share, when you are called to share your faith, you will need to surrender. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click on Sermon Audio.